Welcome into the Bear Down Podcast right here on the ESPN Chicago app. I'm Chris Black along with Adam Abdallah. You can listen to our show weeknights, 6 to 8, right here on ESPN 1000. And we host the Bear Down Podcast Tuesdays and Thursdays right here on the ESPN Chicago app. So, Abdal, we have the championship round of the playoffs this weekend, the NFC and the AFC championship games. Uh, we have a show tomorrow with Greeny, uh, in for Greeny tomorrow at 10 a.m. We'll preview that the, the games on that show. And we also have a big uh, show on Sunday uh, brought to you by FanDuel, where we will be talking gambling during the games. Can't wait to do that. It should be a great time on Sunday afternoon. So a lot of football coming at you this weekend. Yeah, it's going to be called Wanna Bet with Bleck and Abdallah. It's all brought to you by FanDuel. We're going to be on 1.30 to 5.30. That's a half an hour before the first championship game takes place. We'll be on talking about all the live betting and previewing the second championship game and on till the beginning of that championship game at 5.30. And it's going to be great. We'll talk about live betting, parlays, all that stuff. You can turn the game on, mute it so you don't have to listen to uh, Tony Romo and then listen to us. Put us on Twitter. Put us on the app, put us on ESPN 1000, put us on FM 100.3 HD2, however you listen to us. Spend Sunday with us and uh, let's make some money or at least try to make some money. It's all brought to you once again by FanDuel. Just to be factually correct, uh, we will not be on when Tony Romo is on. We'll be on for like a half an hour of it. No, the game starts at 530. Oh, no, the, the pre part. <laughs> the pre-part, the, yeah, the pre-part, pre-part, Romo, the pre-part, the pre-Romo, the pre-Romo. <laughs> yeah, that's when he gets all of his is out. Yeah, well, his what out? Get his what out? His is out. Oh, I thought, I thought you said something else. His is out. Jim Nance, it's on my jacket. Uh, all right, so, so <laughs> we we have a lot of football coming at you here on the Bear Down Podcast. Though we wanted to feature a good conversation we heard on Waddle and Sylvie the other day. Mel Kuyper Jr. was on with Waddle and Sylvie. Now, Mel Kuyper released his Mach 1.0 this week on ESPN, uh, ESPN.com. Mel has Jalen Carter going first overall to the Chicago Bears. Now, the, the one thing to be known with this mock draft is Mel is not trading back. So this mock is based on the, the order of teams that you currently see with no trades no tradesies on this. And so Mel keeps the Bears out one, and he takes Jalen Carter uh, for the Bears, defensive tackle from Georgia, number one overall for the Chicago Bears. Mel Kuyper was on with Waddle and Sylvie earlier this week, and this is a part of the conversation where Mel was asked, is this a good year to have the top pick? How much do you value Bryce Young, Will Levis, C.J. Stroud? If you value one of those more than the other two, and you feel there's a significant gap between one of those guys, or he fits what you do better than the other two, then, yeah, maybe a team will move up to, to one and get that guy. Um, if not, then you have to sit there and make a pick. And that's why, like I said, I didn't know who would be that team, so I didn't want to distort the whole first round and project the trade. But it could happen. You would hope it would be a Houston or Indy where you wouldn't drop far. And it seems like Indy's desperate for that young quarterback. Maybe they would be that team. Houston may feel like, hey, we're not going to let Indy get our guy. We've got to go from 2-1 to one to get that quarterback. Uh, and maybe they would be able to go up from 2-1 to one and Bears fall to 2, and then maybe they could work out a deal with Indy after that and go from 2-4. to four. So it, And then you'd have quarterback back-to-back, then you'd be guaranteed either Anderson or Carter, and you'd have two move-downs. So it really depends upon how teams view those quarterbacks will determine whether they want to move up to get one. So Mel Kuyper uh, states it that way, Abdallah. I would say, isn't it possible the most likely scenario is how Mel labeled it at the end of that answer, where two teams move up to then select quarterbacks one and two, and the Bears are sitting at three or four 
And then they have a pick between Will Anderson and Jalen Carter. Yeah, I think so. But I think that, you know, best case scenario, like like pie in the sky, best case scenario, right? You trade with Indianapolis and you get Indianapolis to jump. So you're one to four or maybe Houston. Let's say best case scenario is Houston, right? Because then you have the second overall pick. And then you go to Carolina and you say, hey, man, guess what? Like you want your guy too? You want to come get your guy? You come get your guy, and then you trade back to nine. I know you're not going to end up with Jalen Carter or Will Anderson at that point, but the amount of picks you would get from trading to one to two and then two to nine would be so much more beneficial to me than adding a Will Anderson or Jalen Carter. The most likely scenario is probably you trade with Indianapolis back to four, and then you end up with Will Anderson or Jalen Carter, and then you have a, a bunch more picks because you moved, someone moved to that number one spot. Play, right? play out the scenario you just labeled. If the Bears were able to move back a second time to nine, yeah. there are mock drafts out there suggesting that Quentin Johnson, Johnston will be available from TCU wide receiver yeah. at nine. That'd be huge. That would be the ideal spot. Mm-hmm. You collect more assets, but you still get a wide receiver in the top 10. I think that would be the best thing to happen. Because ideally then you're you're flipping picks and then you're also getting like another second round pick and then I would say you might even get two first round picks next year because uh, uh, one of these things involved would probably be the Colts and the Panthers first round picks from next year also, right? And that way then you go into next year 2024 with three first round picks. And a bunch of a few, maybe a few second round picks as well. Maybe they throw in conditional forts and all the other stuff. But imagine having three first round picks in 2024. Like that sets your franchise up for the future. Because even if you say, well, you need this defense is the worst defense I've ever seen, and blah, 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 blah. Okay, cool. Next year you have three first round. You could you could get an entirely new defensive line in one draft next year if you wanted to. You could add an offensive lineman this year, a defensive lineman next year, an offensive lineman next year. Like, there's the, the possibilities with that dream scenario are endless. I think that's absolute best case scenario. Most likely is probably just the Colts move, right? It's and then the Panthers take their pick of well, when the dust settles, maybe we end up with Derek Carr, or maybe we end up with someone else, and like, or maybe we just take Anthony Richardson as the mock draft states. Like, maybe they'll, they're fine doing that, right? Maybe they know, hey, we're just gonna be bad again, and we just hired a new coach and Frank Reich, who that was that news broke today, and we know he's gonna be a while, and maybe we're in the Caleb Williams sweepstakes next year. Right for the USC quarterback. So, to me, it, there's a lot involved. Best case is trade back twice. Most likely trade back once. Doomsday scenario. What I painted last night on the big show. If you listen to the podcast on the ESPN Chicago app, doomsday scenario is everybody just goes, "We're cool. We're good. We'll figure it out." Like the Texans are set on all three quarterbacks, they don't see a value and they don't see a big difference in either of them. Maybe the height of Bryce Young scares someone, but still, they're happy with C.J. Stroud or Will Levis. And then the Colts say, you know what? The Cardinals aren't taking a quarterback. They just paid Kyler Murray a billion dollars to be mediocre. And so, what we're going to do is, let's say, 
the Texans select one of those quarterbacks, we're fine with the other options. We're fine with Will Levis, or we're fine with C.J. Stroud, or we're even fine with Bryce Young if that's how it happens. That's doomsday scenario for me, is that you're stuck picking number one, and then you don't, like, because to me, as great as Jalen Carter and Will Anderson are, they're only projected to be the top overall pick because the Bears have the top overall pick. If this was flipped and, like, the the uh, if the, the Texans were one, it would be Bryce Young, it'd be Bryce Young or CJ Stroud. Yeah, exactly. If the Colts were one, it would be a quarterback. Uh, if it were, if uh, I think even at five, if Seattle was number one, mm-hmm. I think Seattle would be uh, projected to take a quarterback. Jalen Carter, or Will Anderson, at the number one pick, will never live up to the hype of being the number one pick. That's not true. I don't think they will. Disagree with that. I don't think they will. It, it is certainly possible. You could. You could tell me in five years that Will Anderson is the next Khalil Mack, and I would totally believe that. Yeah, but... That would be worth a number one pick. But if C.J. Stroud or Will Levis or Bryce Young become the next young quarterback, then no, they don't. It depends. I don't know. If Quentin Johnson becomes Jamar Chase, then no. We follow this college football stuff because we, we love watching it, and Bryce Young has everything except for the size. Yeah. So... I think it's naive to ignore that he is the real deal. I don't know if I've seen C.J. Stroud be the same type of quarterback that Bryce Young has been, and certainly not Will Levis. Like, it's fine. If we're going to be wrong on quarterbacks, I'll be wrong on Will Levis. That's fine with me. We were wrong about Herbert. I'll be, fi- I'm, I'll be happy to be wrong about Will Levis. But, you know, when I just think that I don't know if this is what we saw with Trevor Lawrence. I don't think there's a guy this year that screams Lawrence or Burrow. And I don't know if this year has that caliber of high-end quarterback. I think Bryce Young would be that guy if he was 6'2". Yeah, oh yeah. If he was 6'2", 210, then I could see it because I think you're a little bit more durable. Unfortunately, I could certainly see Bryce Young being drafted by the Texans, uh, being great for six weeks, and then breaking his shoulder, uh, and then and then, you know, being out for the rest of the season, Mm -hmm. and then next year they're not good enough again, and he gets hurt. Like I could see him having a tough start to his career because of the situation mixed with his size. Now, if he was drafted by, say, Detroit, I would feel differently about it. If Detroit was the team that bounced all the way up to take Bryce Young, I would feel like, okay, they have an offensive line. they're, Mm -hmm. They're on the upswing. They could maybe take care of this quarterback and therefore it wouldn't be that big of an issue. But, but you know, I just, the second that like Will Anderson goes two games without a sack, we're going to get phone calls that are like, where's we drafted this guy first overall. What's, what's the, where, why can't he, why can't he get to the quarterback? What's wrong with this guy? Like I'm telling you, like it's, it's much, it's much easier for a quarterback to live up to the hype than it is for a defensive player like that. Yeah, like, but all but, quarterbacks get drafted above where they should actually be I know, drafted but, for the most part. But Jalen Carter might never get to the quarterback. Like he might just be a run stuffer. And that's and but that's they, what they need. I understand that. But you're not going to see that on the stat sheet. Like that's a dude you like you can get oh. an, you can get another Jalen Carter. You can find more Jalen Carters than you can Bryce Young's and CJ Stroud's and Will Levis. For every bad phone call that we receive that says that, we'll also have people who are like, do you realize how much better this defense defense is because Carter's in the middle of stopping the run? Yeah, but can't you find you can find another Jalen Carter. Well, I'm sure you I'm sure good. you can. Probably in this draft. I'm sure you could. I, but like, that's why I think all this draft conversation that I think your original starting point, Quentin Johnston 
at nine is the best option. Like getting to the lower top 10, still being in the top 10, mm-hmm. and then getting the number one wide receiver on the board. Or if you somehow find a way to get even farther back while collecting pieces uh, and you acquire Jordan Addison, the wide receiver from USC, like I think that is a worthwhile first round pick while yeah. getting other stuff. Listen, if you getting can, those guys at four or, or three is not going to get it done. If you can move back this year and get, and move to two and get tech tech or the, move to four or no dream scenarios two, move to two, get the Texans first pick next year, get their second round pick this year, and then turn that two into nine this year. And the Panthers' first-round pick next year, and a two for this year. Like that's three. Like again, think about that. That's three first-round picks in 2024, and the best wide receiver in the draft, and two more second-round picks or a second round and a third round, whatever extra stuff you want to throw in there. The value to me is more in getting the three first-round picks next year. Like that to me is the value because you want this team to be younger. And have that talent. And if you get three first-round picks next year in a team that, look, the Texans aren't going to solve all their problems this year. The Panthers aren't going to solve all their problems next year. Those might be two top 10 picks next year for the Bears. And the Bears might be picking 15, 16, 17, whatever. Could you imagine having three top 20 picks next year? Like, that to me is the dream scenario. But again, it's a dream and most likely it's probably just one trade. Mel Kuyper was on with Waddle and Sylvie, and he was asked... How close are Jalen Carter and Will Anderson, in your opinion? Different kind of guys. It depends what you want. Do you want the outside pressure? Or do you want the interior pressure? Um, I think it gets down to Cansey with with uh, with Carter as a defensive tackle. Which one? Which which fits your scheme? Which one do you prefer? Um, but I think in terms of Will Anderson Jr., yeah, he's a, he's so passionate about the game. He works so hard. You know, he gets doubled all the time. After what he did in 2021, they were not going to let him beat you in 2022. But by the same token, he had. Dallas Turner on the other side, and he was blocked. And he's not a guy that's going to beat you with explosiveness all the time. He's not. Gonna, I don't think he's going to be a 16 sack guy. I think he's going to be more of an eight to 10 sack, which is good. Hutchinson had what nine this year, uh, which everybody was happy with because he's going to build on that. And Bosa's got what 18. So you know Garrett gets to near 20. So again, is he going to be the Miles Garrett, Von Miller, Nick Bosa? Maybe not. Will he be in line to get maybe eight to 10 sacks a year? Probably will. And if he's better than that, so be it. Well, we're happy. We're thrilled. But Eight to ten's not bad. He's going to give you great effort, great hustle. He's going to do everything you want from a preparation leadership standpoint. So, yeah, he brings a lot to the table, even though, like I say, he's not the dynamic pass rusher uh, at the when you project to the pro level like a Miller or a Garrett or a Bosa. So when we look at Jalen Carter, Mel Kuyper also talked about the concern over Carter, quote, taking plays off. This is something that uh, people watch the national championship game. They watched the end of the college football season, I believe a little in the SEC championship game as well, where, you know, Johnny, uh, what do they say? Johnny come lately's. Yeah. Uh, they show up to the championship the games. The casuals show up to these college football games and they hear about a prospect and they say, well, well he sucks because he didn't have 35 tackles in the SEC championship game. Yes and no, because this narrative started, remember, we had Adam Rittenberg on a Chicago's College tailgate that we host during the college football season. Mm-hmm. And he said he had a column out there coming out that he talks to a bunch of coaches and coordinators from around the league and talks to them about players in these big games and draft prospects. And one of the themes that he noticed 
when talking about Jalen Carter, now this is coming from coaches and coordinators, is that he takes plays off. So this was before the national championship game and before the SEC championship game, that this narrative was kind of put out there that he might take plays off. Now, that being said, was Georgia's defense so good and they played the quality of caliber where he could take plays off? Probably. Absolutely. Probably. Absolutely. Here's uh, Mel Kuyper on Jalen Carter taking plays off. Well, I see it with all, you know, they're, they're going to take plays. I mean, the, through the course of a college game, which goes on for 20 hours, it seems like some of these college <laughs> games, you know, I mean, they never end. And Georgia's in control of a lot of these games. And he was on a defense with, with all those first rounders and all that elite talent. And then he had an injury this year. He had an injury early, ankle, knee. Uh, both injuries, ankle, knee, were in September. One in the first game, one late September. Came back. That showed me a lot with him. I mean, he came back and he played really well. And he was a difference maker up front, yet he wasn't 100%. So he could have waited a while. He didn't wait. He already had a national title. He, was, he could have gotten ready for the draft. He said, ah, I'm, not, I'm not quite ready. I'm not, I'll feel right. I'll feel good enough, right? Well, he got back out there, and he had an ankle and a knee in, in September. So you've got to give the kid a lot of credit for that. I didn't see any evidence of him being a guy who would have a lackluster effort in big games. And like I said, playing uh, when he knew he was hurt and significantly hurt, that showed me an awful lot. You know, it might be more of a basketball thing, but I always like prospects I want to play. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like, the same goes for Will Anderson, right? Like, Will Anderson didn't need to play in the bowl game. No, he was there. But he, like, the only, like, both him and Bryce Young did not need to play. in the, It was a meaningless bowl game against Kansas State. The only thing that could happen to those two guys to, to, to their draft stock is it dropping because they get hurt. But they chose to be out there. Obviously, Bryce Young more than Will Anderson. Will Anderson was on maybe one or two downs a series, and he wasn't really doing much. He did, you know, force an interception later in that game, and he did get to have a few tackles for a loss. Uh, so... It does say something about both of them that they do want to be out there. Like, Will Anderson, different. He wanted to be out there with his guys one more time. But Jalen Carter, look, you get a chance to win another SEC ch- or, uh, another championship. And, and obviously they did. And so, yeah, I give him credit for going out there and trying to play. I thought this was interesting from Mel Kuyper, his conversation with Waddle and Sylvie. Where would Justin Fields rank in this year's draft class? If he was coming out this season, where would you place Justin Fields, the prospect, with the players coming out this year, Levis, Stroud, uh, Bryce Young, those are the options at the top of the board. Where where would you place Justin Fields? It'd be number one. Uh, you know, if he would have had that final year. Now, Will would, Levis, I thought, would have been number one had he been able to play to the level that he did in 2021 when he was great. This year he had injuries and he had a bad offensive line. So knowing what we know would have been Justin. I mean, I had Justin right behind Trevor Lawrence. Everybody knows that. It's, it's in print. I had Trevor Lawrence. Just, I love Justin Fields coming out. Now, his passing and all the things we know have to be improved upon. He knows that. They've got to get better players around him. Uh, but as a dual-threat quarterback who brought, you know, he brings that great skill set and can be an elite quarterback, he's shown that. So he made, made the stride. And he's developed and he's progressed. So I would say they got to feel pretty good where they are. Like I said, if it, if it was a consensus number one quarterback, put it this way: if Bryce Young were, you know, two hundred and ten pounds, and and five, even if he was five eleven, I don't care about the height. If he was two ten. You'd, you'd probably think about it, uh, but he's not, and that's a big concern. Is staying healthy at the pro level? He had an injury this year. Uh, you know, in the NFL, it's not college. These are guys. I don't, there are no AOGs in the NFL. You know, another occupation guys. I call them. So uh, you know. Now, that's what you're dealing with in college. So, you know, you know, to me, there's no quarterback in this draft better than Justin Fields. And it's not, I'm not saying what we know now. I'm saying even based coming out of college, his grade will be higher than any of these three. 
And, you know, I think that's something to always uh, remember. And that's why it's important to hear from Mel Kuyper Jr. And you can uh, suggest players that he's missed on, players that he's hit on in the past. But what he says there about fields aligns with what we said in the college football season when Justin Fields was a senior coming out of Ohio State, uh, entering the NFL. Like, this this is exactly like... He is the better prospect than any of the guys who are out there for this year. But, like, it's not just Mel. It, like, consensusly, there are, there are players who have come out in the past who, don't, who measure up at a higher level than what we're seeing coming out to this year in the NFL draft, which may hurt some of the leverage for the Bears trying to position this pick and trying to get teams to move up to chase their quarterback of the future. But teams always get desperate. And I think it, it, it's something to be happy about is that the Bears have someone who's better than, say, you know, Hendon Hooker, who's coming out this year, or Anthony Richardson. You Look, know? it's not as bad as a couple years ago when it was like we, there was a really bad one, a really bad class. But, like, you still have a Heisman Trophy winner in Bryce Young. You still have a guy who went to, the, to a college football, who has been, you know, competing on a close-to-undefeated team uh, in, Bright, in uh, C.J. Stroud. And, like, Will Levis is that guy that was like, oh, well, the talent really wasn't around him, but, like, he's the most NFL-ready. So you still have three strong quarterbacks that people would want that you could argue could lead your franchise. Now, this isn't next year's class. Next year's class is probably better because of Caleb Williams. Um, but... It's not going to stop teams from trying to move up who are quarterback hungry like the Texans and the Colts who want someone to build around. And, like, the Colts are probably sick of doing the veteran thing. Like, the Colts are probably like, all right, we tried this. Like, Matt Ryan didn't work. Like, we need someone to build around. I, I think it, the, the point I'm also trying to make is that the thesis and the idea that Lawrence and Fields were different prospects than what we've seen in yeah. a long time is what I keep going back to. Like, we weren't... BSing you that we thought Justin Fields was great in college and he'd be a great pro in mm-hmm. the NFL. It's that's how that's the prospect that he is. Now he has to live up to it. Yeah, of course. Like, yes, you could say the Bears. It's on them to sur- surround him with enough players to allow him to develop. But some of this is on Justin taking another step. Right, like the the progress we saw this season was good. Now we need to see him take another step forward and in and really solidify himself as a passer down the field. Because once that happens, then Mel's right, then we're right, then Mm -hmm. everyone's right, and Justin Fields is that guy that we hope he is. Yeah, and you know how you do that? You trade back with the the Texans, and then you trade back with the Panthers, and then you get Quentin Johnson, and then you get him a number one wide receiver. You shore up that offensive line, and then guess what? Next year at this time, we're talking about, man, three picks in the first round? Woo, baby! Like, that's what we're talking about. Oh, yeah. You know, the team that went 500 uh, in a wild card game, and they have yeah. three picks in the first round. Then that's when you get Jalen Carter, Will Anderson. Yeah, that's Like, true. that's when you get those dudes. All right, check out the full interview on the Waddle and Sylvie page. Mel Kuyper Jr., good stuff there. Uh, Black Amdahl, we'll be back tomorrow to talk to you on ESPN 1000, 10 a.m. in for Greeny. And also, we have a show on Sunday. Want to bet? Presented by FanDuel, Black and Abdallah's Wanna Bet will be here 1.30 to 5.30 here on ESPN 1000, on the app, ESPNChicago.com, and then also on Twitch, ESPN 1000 uh, Chicago. You can watch the show as well. So we'll have a bet show, Wanna Bet, with FanDuel on Sunday, and we'll have the podcast, the Bear Down podcast, next Tuesday. We'll know the Super Bowl matchup. 
We'll talk to you then on the Bear Down podcast here on ESPNChicago.com.